I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash Paddle the letter N in Finn. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. Welcome everybody back to the final cast. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm Brad. Hi, Brad. How's it going? I'm doing swell. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How was your Sunday? Pretty good. I'm sitting here. Uh, we're about to talk about some rocks, and I'm uh, sipping on a Sprite. Life oh. is good. <laughs> is that your drink of choice? Yeah. Well, for now, it's the only thing I have. No. <laughs> All right. But that, so. Yeah. Uh, all right, dude. Well, we are going to talk about rods. And uh, Brad and I uh, recently just did a episode about reels, and we kind of wanted to break it down a little bit. We didn't want to make an episode that's too long and too boring. Because Brad and I are two boring guys. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. I don't have but, anything to say. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll start out with Brad. Do you want to go what your current setups are? Do you want to go or your current current 
rod selections are, I guess, or do you want to go start from kind of the beginning of when you kind of got into bass fishing or what or whatever you were using? Um, I don't even remember when I first got into bass fishing. I don't know what I was using, so I can't start there. I think I'll just start current and fast. Yeah. So, first off, I'm going to start off with saying that a lot of guys, they they tend to go with rods that uh, fit what they like that feel, and then they get, you know, like five or six of those, you know what I mean? They don't actually get a rod for each application, which, I mean, it's not, nothing wrong with that, but after me fishing for all my life and then basically fishing for the last six, seven years on the river, I've decided to start getting different rods for uh, different applications. So I'm going to start out with my medium light and then I'm going to work my way up to medium heavy. So my first rod I have for my medium light is a uh, six foot 10 Abu Garcia medium light combo. And it's a uh, fast action, I believe. I don't know. Some of these rods don't really say the action on them. So you, you don't really know what it is. Unless you're, I guess, familiar with other rods. And then you can tell the difference between each tips and stuff. But I'm going to say that rod is amazing. I've had that rod for five years, maybe four or five years. That rod is amazing. Uh, I, I've broken it a couple times. Abu Garcia has replaced it each time. Cause I, it's not an expensive rod at all. 199 bucks. And I actually got a good deal on it at field and stream because it was the last one they had in stock, I think. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it, there was something going on there. Can't remember what it was, but I got it for like 120 bucks, maybe. Great. I was, I was all in on that. Awesome. I ended up using that for uh, almost everything. I threw that Strike King tri-wing buzz bait on it. I mean, there's nothing better than catching a smallie on medium light gear, man. Let me tell you. Right. Uh, that is a lot of fun. Throwing the top water on that medium light, uh, eighth ounce medium light. Uh, it's it's a blast. You catch a 14-inch fish, it feels like a 17, 18-inch fish. <laughs> right. It's so, true, yeah. It's a lot of fun. But I, I, I used that rod a lot this year, and I've dedicated that rod to my finesse rod for the Ned Rig. I, I've used it a lot using the TRD. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've used anything else on it this year other than that. I might have thrown the Rebel Crawl in it, this really small one. Can't. Might have been earlier this spring, but for the most part, it's been my finesse rod. Uh, the second one I have is a um, seven foot medium action American tackle rod with microwave guides. And I actually won that through a contest for being on their pro staff. Um, that rod's all right. It's a custom crankbait rod, so I dedicated it to throwing crankbaits only, of course. Mm-hmm. But 
I have thrown quite a few, uh, quite a few other stuff on. I've thrown a worm on it just because I got tired of throwing it on my bait caster when we we're at Dale Hollow. My hand was cramping from a bait caster, so um, that rod, yeah, that rod's okay. I, I do like microwave guides. I don't know if you've ever used them. Have you ever seen them? Um, I have seen them, but I've never used them. They do give you extra distance when casting, I believe. But I did. I don't think I really like using fluorocarbon on that rod. I just felt like it slapped too much coming through those guides, and those guides are supposed to reduce that. Yeah. So I switched over to braid, and I, I started liking it much more. I, I tied a leader on that, of course. <clears throat> uh, Four-foot fluorocarbon leader. That seemed to help quite a bit. I did have to modify that rod a little bit because the thing I don't I didn't like about it was the uh, bait keeper on the side of the rod. You, you ever see those bait keepers were on the back side? Well, yeah. this one was on the right side, and my line after casting, I would click the bail over, start reeling, and the slack line get caught. Man, drives me nuts. I have to get, I have to take that bait keeper off the side of that rod. So I ended up pulling that out of there, and haven't had issues since. But that rod is okay. Not my favorite. I don't use it very often. Um, I don't use crankbaits often though either. So speaking of um. Like, uh, you know, like the bait keeper. I actually have those on a couple of my nicer lose reels, and it does the same thing. It's kind of weird. It's like I don't understand how it actually gets down to there, but I will catch the line occasionally. And it's just a little piece of plastic that flips from up underneath the reel, and it's on the front part on the bottom of the reel itself. And I, I will literally get that caught a couple times every time we go out. If I don't snap it back into place, it's kind of weird that you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I mean, I even get the ones on my uh, my rods that are on the front, on the top of it, but it's like in line with the rod. I'll sometimes cast out, dude, and it'll loop up underneath there also. It's kind of weird. But you think yeah. it'd be hard. It's like almost one in the lotto, the chances of it happening. But it, it's obviously a lot easier than you think because I'll do it probably six or seven times you know when we go out fishing so it's weird i don't know that i i can't imagine it being on the side like that that would because that would just increase the probability of it happening tenfold easily oh it it increases it a lot because i i would say within 10 casts i would probably be getting caught in that at least five six seven times no joke yeah so I, I had to take it off. It was I, I took it off while I was on the water too. I pulled out my pliers. I just wiggled it out of its little wrap. I'm like, done with it. Done. <laughs> it drove me nuts. But like I said, good rod. I don't know if I would buy one again. Uh, if it breaks, wouldn't break my heart. I would just go out and buy a different brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, Mister John Graves. He likes his American tackle rods. Everybody's different, so it's whatever. Um, Moving on to the next one I have, I think it's a 7-foot Fenwick HMG rod. That's what it is. I dedicate this rod strictly to my water. And and Hmm. funny thing about this rod is 
it feels more like a medium heavy than it does a medium. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I love the rod, though. It, it's a great topwater rod. I think I hit the nail on the head with that. That's for sure. Um, I like to throw the whopper plopper on it, of course. I don't want to admit that, but everybody throws it. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I've been known to throw the spinner bait on it sometimes. and I, I, A little bit heavier uh, stuff, you know. I, I'm pretty sure I've thrown a jig on it. I've thrown a chatterbait on it. Um, yeah, I love that rod. Great rod. Uh, the the price ninety nine bucks for that rod is not bad at all either. So definitely recommend that to somebody who's uh, out there looking for something for a topwater rod. And then my final is the thirteen fishing medium heavy seven foot three i believe and it's a fast action tip and this this uh this rod is a little little different i, I believe my 13 rod and then my fenwick rod should be switched because this one feels like a medium the other one feels like medium heavy it feels like they should be switched but i don't know the 13 fishing rod it, it feels nice i like to throw my chatterbait on that because uh, the tip gets a lot of action. I feel the vibration quite a bit. Um, I, I I feel like they kind of break easier than a, a lot of other rods. I, I've heard that from a lot of other guys, too. And I know one of our listeners, Josh Smith, he's broken three or four this year. Mm -hmm. So I've broken one already a couple months after I bought it. Uh, I was trying to boat flip a fish because I didn't have my net. And it just it snapped, and that was in a tournament, also. So, I uh, I, I landed I the fish that. though, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, Jeff Durbin was making fun of me the whole day because I kept fishing with that rod. I just took the tip off, and he's like, "Dude, you're still fishing with?" I'm like, "Yeah. What else am I gonna do, man? I only had like three rods with me. I didn't feel like changing all my stuff, you know." Yeah. So, uh, that's my current setup right now. Very what about cool. Yours? Um, I have been throwing pretty much exclusively Fenwick rods, and from the moment I decided to kind of upgrade from my little first wade fishing setup, which was the loose carbon fiber on an ugly stick from my Walmart, and that was kind of like the first uh, bass fishing kind of specific like rod and reel that I set up. Um, I went from the ugly, the regular ugly stick and I kept the carbon fiber and I got the ugly stick GX2. Um, both of them were two piece rods. The GX2 and carbon fiber was kind of like the first year that I sat down and like really kind of started weight fishing for small mouth in the rivers, like on a regular basis. And, um, it's kind of where I got better at it. Um, one thing that kind of drove me crazy and it's why I don't own two piece rods anymore is when you start, you get out and you start casting enough and you're throwing enough that, that those pieces start to get loose. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, in the middle of a cast or something weird, it pops off and or turns so severely that something messes up. 
So that was one thing that I kind of learned is if you are into bass fishing and you are throwing a lot, that two piece rods aren't always the best thing. Now, if you're obviously traveling or that sort of thing, and you just want to take a travel setup, I, you know, obviously it's not a big deal, but if you're going to spend eight or nine hours on the water, uh, those things are probably going to work themselves loose at some point. Mm-hmm. That's why I stopped buying them. And when I started, when I bought that quantum smoke that we talked about, uh, on the previous episode, I went bought the first like, uh, Fenwick rod that I, I started out with, and it was a Fenwick HMG and I bought a one piece. And I want to say it was a six. Yeah. I want to say it's a six foot nine. And like you mentioned before, it retails for 99, 99, I think most of the time. So that was the first like decent little setup that I bought. Fell in love with it. Loved it on the rivers. The only kind of issue that I had, and it was with the reel itself, was that smoke is super light. Um, the smoke uh, spinning reel at the time, it was really sharp. It was all like blacked out. It had like a little bit of silver in it or something, but not much. But it's super light, and it cut out a lot of stuff out of the uh, spool. Mm-hmm. And because of that, dude, if it rained or I even got near moisture, it seemed like that thing would like start to act real funny. Mm. That was the only issue. I love that thing, man. It was my, it today probably still my favorite spinning setup that I've ever had. It was ultra, ultra sensitive. It was a medium light, six foot nine. Um, I think it was a fast action or extra fast action tip. And it was just perfect for smallmouth fishing and creeks and rivers, man. Like that thing I could just, it's kind of where I learned like to feel the difference between the rocks was with that setup. And, um, um, and I've stuck with basically with that same rod. I've had different reels since then. I had that Verano and now I have a, a lose pro spinning. I don't know. Team pro spinning reel. Um, and it's, but they've all been on that same HMG and it's the same one too. I've never broke that rod. I've had that rod for, four years going on four years now yeah and um got a warrant now yeah (laughs) but here's the thing though is i like that rod so much i liked its price point so much it's a sensitive rod is it the most sensitive rod out there no i'm sure there's some st croix legends or you know or g loomis like insanely expensive sick sensitivity rods out there um uh, that stuff's just not my budget. Um, you know, I uh, I kind of look at it this way now. Now that I'm fishing with, you know, five, six, seven rods now, like to think about kind of dropping the coin on $200 plus rods, you're spending like, you know, upwards between 1000 to $2,000 just on your, your rods alone. Mm-hmm. It's just not something I have the capability. I'd rather upgrade my kayak, my paddles, my life vests, that sort of thing. Stuff yeah. that I know is going to last a while. So um, with that, I did want, I, I do have a kind of an upgraded, well, let me go into this. So I, that's my spinning setup right now is the six foot nine um, HMG Fenwick. And uh, the next, I think I have, I think I have two or three, no, maybe three. Let's just say two for sure, because I'm usually carrying like five rods on me on the boat. Mm-hmm. And so I have two medium action Fenwicks, but they're called Silverhawk twos. 
and they're from Cabela's and it's basically an HMG. It's just, it's just all black instead of that weird kind of copper looking color that, that carbon fiber and copper colored stuff that's on the HMG. It's literally the same rod. The grips might be slightly different, but it's not, it's, it's pretty much the same. There's just that fake kind of cork stuff they use. I think there's a little bit less of it on the silver Hawk twos, but the price point's exactly the same. So I think it's literally an HMG, just a little slightly different. And um, it performs exactly the same. Um, I started buying these uh, from Cabela's. There's a Cabela's kind of local to, to me and Brad here. And they're $99.99 normally. Well, Cabela's will often sell these things for $79.99. And I once even found them for $69.99. And so it's, you know, $100 rod you're getting $30 off of is a pretty nice discount, like in a sense. Yeah. And so the last time I caught that deal, I went and bought like two or three of them. And, um, and uh, I've, I love them, man. I've got, I've got two medium action ones that have like moderate, I want to say moderate action. Um, I have a medium heavy one also but it's shorter i was kind of trying to trying to buy a uh, a heavy action rod to be honest with you but <laughs> they didn't have any i don't know that they make them but i was trying to buy i saw with fluke master on one of his videos about buying shorter frogging rods especially when you're fishing out of a kayak because you know a lot of times when you're trying to make that thing uh, walk back and forth a, a frog that you're getting your rod tip really low to the water and the lower and more kind of vertical down you can get the easier it is to do that when you snap your wrist and when you're in a kayak you're so close to the water that you tend to hit your rod tip in the water and if you're using like a seven three because a lot of guys will buy seven three seven six whatever rods to chuck those those frogs as far as possible I don't like to do that. I find that I get kind of start getting caught up in the vegetation the further out that I, I go. And so I'd rather in a sense fish an area. And then once I've kind of canceled out that area or caught fish out of it, move in on it, I guess, you know, if you're going to go deeper and deeper into the pads or whatever you're fishing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, I don't like throwing frogs that far. So why don't I try what Fluke's talking about and buy like, I think it's a six, six or a six, eight, something weird like that or it might even be a 690 i just all i was trying to do is aim to get something lower i don't use that rod very often um uh just because i ended up not liking that it, it felt like it doesn't have enough power it almost felt like kind of like what you were saying that medium that medium heavy feels like almost like it's a medium yeah and, um so i uh I didn't, I don't use it very frequently, but it works. I've caught fish with it, like frogging. It's just not very often, but I tend not to throw frogs that much anymore anyways, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, but it, I, I love these rods, man. I'm, I don't know that they even sell them still. I think they do, um, but I couldn't beat the price points that I was finding, you know, with these things going on sale the way they were. So I do happen mm -hmm. to have a Fenwick Elite um, bass rod. It's nothing like extraordinary. It's a, a medium heavy seven foot rod. And it's kind of what I've been throwing jigs on the most. 
So I actually currently don't own any heavy action rods. I'm looking to try to get at least one or two probably added maybe this off season or the next season. I'd like to at least get one uh, to try to see, you know, try to start throwing frogs more and getting up in the, in the really, really thick stuff. Um, I think I miss a lot of opportunity fishing like that. I used to fish like that a lot, but um, it was back when I didn't really know what I was doing and I'm sitting there chucking a, a hollow bodied life target frog on a medium action rod and just losing fish using like literally using a trialing monofilament and hooking i'd hook in the fish man but i'd snap those line that line yeah. easy. so or get it tangled around the pads and stuff yeah and then you're sitting there like oh gosh this rod's gonna snap at any point when you're <laughs> holding 10 pounds of salad so yeah but um overall i love these rods um they are sensitive like i said before they're not probably the ultra sensitive rods a lot of people throw that are really into to bass fishing but they they're it's an easy purchase on the pocket when you know you are trying to buy two three four rods you know you're like you know you're buying these rods and two or three of them are the cost of some of those st croix that you're looking at you know and um like especially with the st croix that are on the higher end i know st croix makes some some really nice entry level rods as well but i know yeah. they're not really o- making mojo yeah yeah you ever used sure. one of those i have not i th- almost bought one uh this year earlier this year but i ended up uh um like that when i was looking at those rods and i'm sitting there looking through and i'm like well let me go see what the silver hawks price is right now and that's when i caught them for 69.99 i was like oh dude i'm gonna buy two of them right now or three of them you know so um i really like the elite one um i've thought about buying some of the step ups that the next up you know step up fenwick ones but i just i haven't done it i i'm kind of now, so I know some people might be the kind of the opposite of me, but I tend to spend more on my reels and my rods. And the yeah. reason being is I find that it's easier to break a rod than it is a reel. Um, so, True. Um, you know, you, I was, you and I were together when I snapped that lose rod this year that I had. I really liked that one. It was super light. Um, it casted a country mile. I really dug it and i think i only had that thing a couple months until we broke it and um you know but uh, that's kind of how i look at it man i'm like but it's funny because i bought those things and that's literally the only the only rod that i've broken severely like that i broke the tip off of that gx2 Mm-hmm. and i just had i took it to fisherman's headquarters over there in dayton and had them cap it or you know they just put a new one on it and it was like right before i went on a fishing trip somewhere hmm. i don't remember where i went oh i was going camping i think with the family but that's the only time i've broken something i've seen guys break fenwicks really easily but not fishing <laughs> like yeah. they caught it in a tree and yanked 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 and then saw it snap and i'm like they're like well that shouldn't happen i'm like oh it should like yeah. i don't think it would have mattered if that was 200 dollars or 20 dollars. what you just did with snap any reel or rod yeah. 
I've done that quite a few times, man. Uh, trust me, I've broken four or five rods this year. So, yeah, there's no rod at no rod is like I'm I'm well I don't know I'm trying to say like all these all these rods they're they will break there there's a breaking point to every rod. Yeah, sure. But I I've been kind of fortunate for it. So um, obviously you're going to get better grips better guides, yep. better probably overall blanks and everything with more money you spend, you're going to get better sensitivity. Yep. But if you don't have the money, you know, and, but you're trying to buy like a good amount of rods and stuff, I've, I'll recommend those silver Hawk twos all, all day long, man. They're, it's just, it's a killer price point. Um, you know, I was laughing. I think I, I saw somebody online the other day that was, selling like five or six of them you know and i'm like and they were but they were hmgs and i was like hey man that's those are good rods and reels like you know like i I almost was like anybody sees these things please go get them because you'll like them you know like i said they're not the best but they serve its purpose and they work great in my opinion so yeah i'm looking at these rods right now on cabela's and they they look pretty similar to the hmg Oh, I, it's literally the same thing. It's just rebranded. I gotcha. Yeah. So I, I was going to go into this, uh, the, the handles a little bit more. What do you like better, the cork or the foam? I like cork handles, but I don't own pure cork handles. Those um, parts of the, uh, the Silverhawk is real cork and part of it is like a weird paper that paper stuff they put on it it's like paper yeah. cork on maybe on foam i don't know dude the hmg has more of that crap on it yeah that was the one thing i liked about the silverhawk was the same price but it had more cork on it and the hmgs dude that you know where you're um on the spinning rods especially i don't notice as much on the on the bait casters because i'm holding more of the reel in my hand at you know where you're like the little um i don't know if you want to call it trigger but whatever part they call that on a bait casting reel so i don't notice it on those but on my spinning reels i put my thumb up on that first part that screws your reel down right and it's got that weird like cork paper on foam or whatever it is it's not real cork that stuff wears really easily and uh, that was my biggest gripe with the hmgs is that's that weird cork paper crap coming off of them real easy after some time Mm. like after like a season or two or even sometimes it'd be like halfway through the season i'm like oh here comes that crap coming off of it but i mean aesthetics wise it sucks but really does it mess with the performance not really so yeah yeah you, you always want your gear to look nice i understand that but it's not always going to look nice i mean especially with us we beat the crap out of our stuff on the river yeah <laughs> uh i used to have the old model of the hmg until i broke it earlier this year i sent it in for warranty and then sent it back to me with a new uh the newest model mm-hmm. and those uh those rod seats, or not the rod seats, the, uh, the handles were different. I know in the old model, it was like a rubbery texture cork feeling. The whole handle, probably 18 inches from the reel yeah. down. This has, the new one has 
kind of like a two-piece handle. It's like cork on the bottom, then it's like the graphite rod, and then a cork up at the top near the reel. Uh, I I I liked how that older model felt. I don't know why they got away from that, but I I, I complain that that warranty uh, uh, that warranty policy policy is nice. I mean, they sent me a rod, and all I had to do was pay for shipping nine ninety nine. Yeah. So I didn't have to have a receipt. I just had to have like uh, the paperwork and then I had to take the pictures and everything. Yeah. Send it to them in an email, all that stuff. So that that's another good thing about Fenwick for sure. And uh, I believe 13 Fishing was the same way, actually. that They sent me a brand new rod out without me having to pay other than shipping. And so did Abu, actually. So that was that was pretty cool. And I did learn that Abu Garcia and Fenwick run through the same company for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I sat there. I called him one day and was talking to him. She's like, uh, the lady I was talking to said, you have two, uh, you have uh, two, uh, warranty claims here open i'm like really why is that and, she, and then she uh mentioned to me that one was the Fenwick rod one was the abu rod i was like man i didn't know you guys went through the uh, i didn't know they went through like the same company or whatever she's like oh yeah that's what we do i'm like well, that's that's nice because then i didn't have to make an extra call to another company for that so yeah. i wanted to throw that out there because i'm real big on rod warranties I, I like to look into that before i'm buying rods and <laughs> i'm sure everybody else that's something you guys would like to hear as well very cool yeah that's a good piece of information man yeah now um are you throwing one piece or two piece rods one piece i will not touch a two piece uh i hate them for the reason that you said you're casting they'll lose and that for that first two three feet of the rod go flying with my lure into the into the water, I can't stand it. Yeah, that goes along with the uh, little bait keeper thing that I mentioned on my American tackle rod. <laughs> Just those little tiny things that drive me nuts. So I don't know if you got. Uh, did you receive a rod from uh, Brandon Palmer? The uh, yeah, I did. The, little miami outfitters rod have you used it at all no um it's a two-piece rod it's a bait casting rod though he him and i hooked up um oh i got a spinning rod yeah this is i didn't i wasn't a part of that group when you guys all got those i wasn't with you or whatever something weird but um him and i met up before a demo day or something that we did over there yeah. And he had um, he had one. He's like, here, dude, check this out. And I think it's a medium action. It's crazy, though, because it looks like an ultralight. Like, it's so thin. Yeah, it is. But it, I think that I need to maybe cut down. It's a two-piece rod. And when I put them together, it's like it's not fitting all the way down. So I think I might need to trim it down a little bit. You know, the connection point uh, that slides into the uh, upper part, it, it doesn't go down. There's like a good half inch to a quarter or three quarters of an inch gap where it doesn't slide into place. So I haven't, I haven't, I don't have any tools like that to cut that thing comfortably without worrying yeah. about splintering it or something. So 
You got any hedge um, trimmers? No. We don't <laughs> have any bushes here. So oh, I was about to say I one of the rods I just broke, I just cut it in half with one of my hedge trimmers and it was a nice clean cut so I could throw it away and stuff it in my trash can. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I have something I could probably cut it with, but I'm a little afraid that it it might kind of get a little dangerous. I have a Dremel tool, yeah. but I think oh, most of most of the stuff I have that was, I think it's wood, like wood type of um, stuff. My uh, wife's grandfather was into woodworking, and yeah. that was one of the things he left behind. And so I think it's not a good cutting tool for graphite or whatever it's made out of. So I don't know. I could give it a shot. Brian, Brian was going to, we meant to, Brian has one too, and he had the same issue. We meant to cut him down up in Chicago, but we never did. Yeah. And, um, but, it, it, it's a sharp looking rod. I think mine's like a silver color and uh, I'm excited to get out and use it. But yeah, it, I think that's an American tackle based rod in it or the components are possibly. I I want to say, yeah, uh, I know he designed, he designed the rod himself, sent the design to a company and then they build it for him. Okay. But I don't know exactly. But yeah, that was a two-piece rod. I ended up gluing it together because that's how much I hate two-piece rods. <laughs> nice. And it worked. It worked until I broke it. Yeah. Because yeah. like I said, I'm hard on my gear. <laughs> you were there when I broke it. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> you were like, dude, I broke this rod already. And I'm like, were yeah. you stuck? You're like, yeah. Was it a Ned rig? Yeah. yeah. Or a swim bait, maybe. Something like that. I can't remember. But man, yeah, that was the that was the first day I used it. I mean, literally, the I I got it that day or the day before, used it the second day, broke it. It's like man, figures. <laughs> that happens, man, in the rivers. I, I, you just find that it's really easy to break stuff because you get hung up in so much stuff. Like yeah. flowing flowing water is like. And smallmouth bass fishing, there's nothing like it. But at the same time, sometimes there's nothing more frustrating at oh. the same time. You're sitting there laughing because you're like, man, this water looks great. And then you throw and you throw the perfect cast. And then it's hung up instantaneously in a rock or a, a tree that you can't see. And you're like, no, oh, that's just how this kind of day goes. You know, well, that same trip where I broke that rod, I remember I got I got caught in swift water my my pole got caught in that tree and then i ended up losing my net and i had to wade over into that tree just to get my lure undone man that was frustrating that was a frustrating day (laughs) (laughs) we're out there like oh this is supposed to be beautiful scenic and then you're just over there cursing at every tree you throw into or whatever but (laughs) i remember that day you were so mad too it was hilarious well that that was dangerous floating through there that fast and then get caught caught on the tree yeah yeah i had to release that bale and then beach my kayak and be extra careful wading over to it because that water was pretty quick yeah but but like um, i said it's you know, that's Brian and I have a short review. We don't we don't carry really high end gear, so we're not going to preach to anybody like, oh, Saint Croix is where it's at, or or Fenwick is where it's at. You know, I just found Fenwick's were. You know, I found a little model that I liked. It's fairly cheap. I know a lot of people have thrown Fenwick and you know HMGs and 
that sort of thing. And it's, it's a nice, it's a nice rod for what the, the price is, you know, especially if you're, if you're going to be buying like multiple rods, it, you can't beat it. You know, a lot of people, you know, that are, that fish will be like, Oh, ugly stick is, you know, those are just as good, you know, or whatever durable. And they are, you know, I, mm -hmm. I've, I still have <clears throat> the ones that I've had forever. I think I got rid of one of them. I might've gave them to somebody that GX two, but, I still have my old school ugly stick two piece rod over here in the corner, man. And that thing is a tank. It, you know, I've caught and it's, it's, it's a small rod, dude. You'd laugh. And I've caught some like 15, 20 pound channel cats on this stupid thing. And, uh, it pulled them out, you know, it's crazy. Um, but at the same time, that rod isn't built for sensitivity. Like I remember taking it bass fishing, for the first time and it was kind of yeah. where i decided to get something else now at the time i didn't know squat about bass fishing so i just got the ugly stick gx2 you know <laughs> oh it must be better yeah um but it uh it it does what you know you need it to do it's just a little harder to feel bites on it you know it was really hard for me when i have the cheaper rods and this goes even with my fenwicks because they are on the cheaper side um sometimes you'll get that that effect of where you can't tell what's rock and what's a, a fish sometimes, especially if, if your lures bouncing off the rocks, just perfect. And you get those double tap kind of hits on the rocks and it starts to feel like fish bites, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe a more expensive sensitive rod is going to help you kind of distinguish between what's a, you know, a fish strike versus what's a rod you know, or, or hit tapping the rocks. But I mean, like I said, dude, I don't have the funds to drop, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars on, on rods. If I had like a sponsorship on a rod, you know, rod company, yeah, I'd for sure take, you know, some nice, super expensive or nice expensive rods like that. But as far as buying that stuff, man, it's just, it's not right now. It's not in my means. I, I look more forward to up, upgrading to a pedal drive as opposed to dropping that kind of coin yeah. you know so you know to each his own you know if you if you've got the means to do it go ahead and do it why not you know that's awesome you know i'd like to get out there and throw some of the more fancy stuff like that too just to see if there's a difference but mm -hmm. you know the uh the cheaper end stuff kind of works for me like i said before i'd rather spend the money on my reels where i know that the kind of the more money i'm dropping on my reels the kind of i guess the better i know the components are overall you know and it's just it's it's more or less likely to break at any point anyways whether it is a cheaper reel or, or expensive one it's just that's how i kind of feel about it i know if i spend the 200 to 300 dollars on a reel that that reel is going to be around for a while and with my rods at any given moment, you know, you, you're, the, you can attest any given moment, man, you could break one of those things regardless of what the price point is on it. So yep. I don't know. That's just kind of my thing The It's, it's the probably, if you kind of look at it, you're like, that's probably the least durable kind of thing that you're using fishing wise as a fishing rod overall, just in general. So. No, I, I'm with you too, man. Uh, I don't really like spending a whole lot on rods because I, I don't have the money either. But I will say $100 is probably my my range. 
hundred dollars yeah. a rod. That's that's my range. I'd say, rod uh, reels they're a little less, maybe a little bit more. I, I might spend a little bit more on reels, but yeah, I'm with you for the most part. But I'm going to turn you on to with something that I found too. Like, and we've talked we talked about it in the le- last episode. If you're a left-handed guy, dude, it, always be shopping for them because left-handed reels will go on sale and it will sometimes be some seriously crazy discounts. Brian and I have touched on this before. I scored that $280 lose magnesium freaking reel last year for $150 out the door, you know, and that's $50 a little bit extra, you know, than what you're kind of used to spending maybe Brad, but it's it's night and day difference, man, of what those speed spools are versus that magnesium one. It's completely lighter. All the components are stronger and everything like that. But it's it's what's nice about being a left-handed guy like that. I'm not left-handed, but I didn't see the point of switching hands because, you know, you and I both started out spinning gear and you're using your left hand as a retrieve. I was like, well, when I picked up a baitcaster, I picked up a right-handed one originally. And I was like, this doesn't feel natural, you know? Yeah. And so I picked up a left and I'm like, well, I think I can manage this. And I've thrown left-handed retrieve since then. And I don't understand either. I'm right-hand dominant. Why wouldn't I want a hook set with my right hand? So, but. Um, well, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm hook setting. I have the reel in my hand. And I'm hook, hook set with my right hand. Yeah, it's. It's weird, but uh, apparently we're abnormal yeah. <laughs> in hey, more ways. <laughs> I've heard Kurt, Kurt Smith talk about it before. He's like, you're, you're wasting more time switching hands when you're throwing right. So you, yeah. you're getting more cast in, cast in per minute, as John Graves says. Yeah, <laughs> cast per minute. Yeah. Um, I But, you know, those left-handed reels, dude, they'll go on sale sometimes, and it's and yep. you'll find some really good prices. The t- that tournament pro one that I have that's like a $199 and I got it for 130 something like that so I'm like you know I was able to get some really nice high-end higher-end uh, reels not highest end not like some of the nice $400 Shimano's $500 Shimano's are out there but high-end for me you know <laughs> but you know I've scored great prices on them and i won't buy them at full price i don't think ever you know i just i don't have the funds for that either but um if you shop around right and you pay attention and i guess kind of the thing is is if you're out and about and you're in those shops just go take a look because sometimes those stuff will just go on sale randomly also you know i I found both those lose reveals on sale around right before christmas time like maybe two to three weeks before christmas right at the beginning of december and um it didn't the one of them lasted a while it lasted through the month so i was thinking it was like an overstock and they were having trouble selling them but i don't know so pay attention out there you guys you can get you can score some really nice deals on some really nice high-end reels I feel like most of the uh, guys and gals that listen to this podcast are in the same boat as us. Yeah. No, no pun intended there. <laughs> but uh, I know I know a lot of guys. <laughs> Sorry. That was lame. I'm not even a dad and I'm throwing out dad jokes here. <laughs> I know, dude. Like I you would you were so that was a, that was a good lame joke though. 
No. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, kayak fishermen, they're 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 more geared toward towards budget. You know, of course, kayaks are cheaper than boats, so it, it makes sense. I feel like a lot of our listeners are in the same boat as us, and I'm sure they would appreciate this info for sure. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about uh, uh, micro guides. Does any of your rods have micro guides? No. No. I don't have any on it. No. Okay. I, I have a couple. Yeah. I have one spinning rod that has micro guides and then a bait caster has micro guides. And I yeah, can definitely tell a difference. Are you talking about the American tackle system or are you just talking about micro guides in general? Oh, just micro guides in general. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me think. No. I don't, I was kind of running through. I don't think that I don't think the elite one that I have has it. So now they're all just your normal ones. So, but yeah. you know, I, f- I feel like those I, things uh, make a difference. Yeah. I've been, a lot of people told me about ducket rods, try out ducket rods. Yeah. They come with them, right? Aren't, don't, and they have, don't they use the micro, uh, the microwave or whatever? What is it called? Uh, yeah, the American Tackle Microwave Guides. I believe yeah. those those do have them. And Luz is also starting to come out with a combo. It's like an American... It's like, I don't know what... I forget what it's called. American Hero. Mm. And those have the microwave guides on it as well. Okay. Yeah, I have yet to try, try any out. But you said it kind of helps with your uh, casting distance. distance. Yeah. Uh, any microwave or any micro guide is going to help with that for sure. But the, those, uh, those American tackle guides, they're, they're a little unique. They're shaped like a cone. And then mm-hmm. the guide is the bigger guide at the bottom. Of the cone is bigger. And then the one at the top is smaller. It's supposed, excuse me. It's supposed to reduce the sway going through those, but I can't really tell much of a difference between those and microwave guides, which I love microwave guides. I can cast far with those. Mm-hmm. So that's just my experience with them. I thought I'd throw that in there and ask you about it. Yeah. No, I am yet to do it. Um, I'd like to try it. But, um, yeah, uh, I think if I do it, I probably will just maybe – I thought about – because you can buy those guides and just put them on a rod, existing rod, right? The microwave ones from American Tackle. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not – yeah, I'm not real big on those. Oh, okay. Oh, you're just talking about because you said microwave. I thought you're talking about micro guides, right? Yeah, just in general. <laughs> Starting to get really confused here, dude. Yeah, it, it gets confusing after a while. I mean, they all basically do the same thing. Right. Uh, but, that is what it is. Yeah, I'd like to try it though. I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about it. Especially, I have a few friends that have those ducket rods with them on it, and dude, and they rave about them. So yeah, that's another rod I'd like to try. I just don't like the look of them. The whole yeah. all white ducket rod. I don't mind the white. I think it's the weird ducket uh, like um, logo with the yellow and stuff on it but with which is weird yeah. it's so stupid because look i mean here i am saying that and then the lose is the same thing <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> it's just the not like bam in your face yeah but uh yeah right. my buddy a buddy of mine at work 
raves about them. He's like, dude, you got to try ducket rods. He's like, they got good prices too. And they are, they have some good price rods. So do they sell those in stores around here? I've never seen one. Yeah. Um, I know Phil and stream used to carry them. I know Cabela's sometimes has them. So they're just a little hard to find. They don't carry a lot of them. So it's, uh, and then with all the new companies that are coming out, dude, it's like, I think they're kind of, they're getting, push to the side with the latest and greatest you know or yeah. you know the newest kind of bad like favorite rods and um some yeah, of the other I, stuff like Do- i'm starting to see like dobbins rods yeah. over at field and stream and yeah but um, i've heard a lot about i mean i've heard a lot about dobbins and favorite lately yeah um i mean i'd like to try them out it's just like yeah. i said man i i keep i'm kind of i not that I'm brand loyal. It's just that I'm like, oh, well, you know, I know these rods are $99. I like them. And then I'll find them on sale. So I'm like, nah, well, I'm at, you know, yeah. I, Cause I kind of get to the point where I'm like, do I want to f- spend full price on something I haven't thrown and dislike it? You know? So, yeah, I know what you mean. But I, I looked for a long time. I was about to switch up trying to find something because of the Silverhawk twos. I can't find a heavy action rod from them. And I don't, I'm not even sure that they go up to medium heavy. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked and I'm like, I can't find this stupid thing. I went to two different, two or three different Cabela's trying to find them at one point. And so I started to look at other name brands and, and I just didn't buy it. I'm like, I was trying to find a heavy action rod. So, but, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys got any suggestions out there for me or Brad to try out. You know, throw throw your suggestions out there and why you think, you know, it's a good rod or reel. You can uh, send us those emails at uh, paddle, uh, com. you know, or actually, I'm sorry, paddleandfin at gmail.com. And Brad and I both have access to the uh, to the website so we can get out there and maybe try out some different stuff. If you guys know of any any kind of rods or reels that you kind of suggest or whatever and as long as it's not like super crazy expensive that me and Brad's poor butts can actually afford. So <laughs> I'm pretty loyal to the lose rod or reels, like I said, and Fluger, but uh, rods, I, I have no rod uh, loyalty. So I'm always <laughs> open to suggestions. I know uh, I'm thinking about getting rid of my 13 fishing rod and trying a uh, St. Croix next year just to see what it's like see um, if it's all the hype's real yeah i've always wanted to try a g loomis never tried them either so i'd like to try you know, that you know g loomis makes a specific smallmouth rod i'm sold i'm getting it <laughs> it's expensive <laughs> fenwick used it, to also it helps me catch a 20 inch dude i'm all for it yeah that's what i'm gonna be like dude this thing will that's how they should advertise it to you. This will catch you your 20 inch you've been looking for all your life. <laughs> Fenwick used to make one. Um, they made a uh, specific smallmouth rod for for a little while, and they discontinued it when that Elite series just started to take off. Yeah. Uh, but you can kind of find them for sale randomly, like on Craigslist and stuff. I think I might try to score one of those just to say I have one. Do you remember uh, Smallmouth Bass Hooker on OGF, right? Jonathan? Yeah. He had one. And uh, 
I remember like, oh, that looks, and it looks like a cool rod. It was kind of cool. It was like a dark green rod. And, uh, and I remember going out to the store to try to find it. And the year that I tried to get it is the year that they discontinued uh, making it. So, <clears throat> but there's probably some floating out there somewhere. Yeah. They're just, they're getting, I think, and they're probably just getting hard to find at this point because yeah. Fenwick kind of changed their stuff up too. Fenwick used to sell like clothing and stuff like that and have the decals, and they don't do any of that anymore. So, hmm. just, kind of stinks because i've been using their crap for so long i'm like i'd like to have like a shirt or something yeah (laughs) i will say about the uh fenwick rods uh i I like their guide system like you you ever just like you you know how most guides are flimsy when you push down on them yeah those those uh fenwick rods you push your the fenwick guides on those rods you push down on them they don't move because they're bridged at a 45 degree angle back to the yeah. rod i really like that yeah it's nice yeah. yeah it's uh i've it's hard to bend those things dude i'm i'm i i've yeah. bent them but they don't bend like down the wrong direction you know what i mean like you'll yeah. see those slight bends that that are there like i've I've because I've had them where I've either a kind of hit it against something or b like going through the trees and crap like that and I'm like oh dude I'm, I know for sure that I'm gonna have like two or three bent guides from that one and I've come out clean from it you know um, there's been a couple times I've bent the you know the rod tip uh, guide but it's usually not like anything i have not been able to uh get back to one thing though that does suck a little bit about which it's to kind of counteract that when you do bend one and you try to bend it back you can tell that it's kind of sketchy a little bit like you kind of i've had one where i've heard it sounds like it cracks a little bit so i'm wondering if it's moving in that sleeve you know where you talked about pulling it out of the out of the wrapping if yeah. that's what what I'm hearing crack is that stuff or what but it might be it it's it's heavy duty it's nice because it's hard to bend but when you bend it you're kind of like oh dude I don't know if I want to bend that back yeah <laughs> you know because it, it just seems like it might go <laughs> that that uh reminded me of something else uh if you do break a guide your 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 rod is not trash bring it to a local shop have them fix it it is extremely cheap to fix and it yeah, only yeah. takes 24 hours so you're going to get the rod back the next day yeah. uh, i used fisherman's headquarters in dayton and uh 13 bucks rods brand new or feels yeah. feels brand new so yeah dude that gx2 that i broke right before i went on that camping trip i went in there and he fixed it within five to ten minutes yeah, it was nice. like you said, ten to thirteen dollars, something weird like that. So, yeah, yep, they're not trash unless you actually b- break the blank and like half well, yeah. or something, <laughs> or three pieces like we did with mine. Unless, unless you want to duct tape it together. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that thing sitting in the garage, dude, in three pieces, laughing at. Or no, I actually finally threw it away. Yeah, I I just threw away a Abu Garcia Veracity rod. Yeah, it's a stink. Two hundred fifty dollar rod, dude, and it broke, and yeah. I couldn't get it back. So I was like, uh, 
that sucks. Just was like, I'll buy a new one. I'm, I'm like, I'm not making you pay 250 bucks for it. Dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all good. It makes you want us to get rod tubes, right? Yeah, I was I was gonna mention that. I cannot wait until we receive our TRC covers, man. Yeah. Because, like I've you got... said, going through those trees and your rods and guides and line getting stuck in all those branches, those TRC covers are gonna help big time. Yeah, that stuff kind of deflects off of them good too. Like yeah. it's, um, I tend not to have mine on the water though i tend to take them all out and yeah. the reason being is it, like when you take six of those five or six of those off you mm -hmm. kind of realize you have a lot of material sitting around so yeah you can a either toss it in your boat but see i always get worried with my boat that i'm gonna start getting rod covers free floating along inside the boat you know yeah um, i need and, to get in that habit of not doing that yeah I but, want to put those rod socks back on my rods when I'm not using them because those those TRC covers float. Yeah, so you drop your rod in the water; it's gonna it's gonna keep it staying float. Yeah, um, but and they have different ones with the bungees on them too. I don't yeah. know if ours they're gonna have the bungees on them or not. I'm not 100 sure, but I have I have four four of them already from I bought through Jigmasters and. Um, they're nice, man. Um, one of the things I, I did write a post about it was about my rods clicking together in a tr truck, you know, and yeah. it, that you get that ta -ta 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 -ta, and it just literally is like nails on a chalkboard for me. I hate it. I cannot stand that noise. And uh, when I was driving back from Chicago, I did put those uh, rod socks back on, right? And so I get about 20 or 30 minutes in a drive, five hour, five or six hour drive back home to Dayton. And those things are going crazy or no this wasn't from chicago this was from dale hollow and i pulled over oh, yeah. dude i'm like i can't deal with it and i put them on and it it's awesome is those those things actually reduce that noise also so yeah. is that where you pulled off to get to the gas station at, at when you were following us yeah 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 i saw you pull off you're like, like dude no. why is he stopping already yeah i was like <laughs> yeah he's gonna be dropping 80 bucks in gas there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i pulled over i did get gas but i also put those stupid uh i put the rod socks back on i get lazy about it but and i don't know yeah. why because it's actually fairly easy to slide them on so yeah but yeah so anything else you want to add buddy no i think that's it man that was a good episode it's always fun talking to you brad yeah other people might disagree, but that's all right. Screw those people. <laughs> it's all good. Well, all right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, next week, I don't know what we're reviewing yet, but you'll definitely hear from us. So have a good week. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle the letter N and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube. 
youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water.